Hello and welcome to the first episode of 10 out of 10. I'm Ben and thank you so much for tuning in. So let me first explain a little bit more about what this podcast is going to be. During each episode, I'm going to make 10 points, hence 10 out of 10. It's also 10 out of 10 because Ben rhymes with 10 out of 10. But um, these points are going to range from politics to sports to cultural topics. The whole point, if you will, is to keep you guys, my listeners, informed on a wide range of issues. Now, the points can basically be anything. So, for example, that was my first point. Ladies and gentlemen, point number two. Point number two, the world is in a bad place right now. I think that's pretty obvious to anyone looking around. But it's also pretty obvious, at least to me, that we can recover from this. This isn't something permanent. The world doesn't need to be this confusing, depressing place that it is. When you turn on any TV show, a TV like news show, that is, it doesn't need to be like that. Just look around. There, there are good people everywhere. Think of your friends. Think of your family. Think of the stranger that you know does a little act of kindness towards you. The only difference is... Those people just aren't in power right now. Those people aren't being elected to office. And maybe, you know, maybe that's why they're good people. Maybe it says something about a person when they try to be elected into office. I think I read, um, there's like a famous quote, anyone that runs for president should not be president. I think there are exceptions to that, but I, I think that's a pretty pretty good rule. If someone is seeking just this great power that you get from politics, maybe that's not the type of person that should be in politics. But that's a whole other conversation. You can also think maybe power corrupts. Maybe these people in power are good people or were good people, but power corrupts. Is it, is it even possible for someone to be a powerful politician and not be corrupt, not be, not turn bad. I think it is, but it's also not very likely that good people are going to, that good people run for office. You know what I mean? Point number three, Americans overall have moved on from COVID. It's just that the media hasn't. Now I'm not saying COVID isn't real. It's obviously real. I'm just not putting a lot of value on it because it, I I think it, I think if you look at any bar, you look at any club, you look at anything where you see people hanging out, they're maskless and they're having a good time. Look at college football stadiums. Look at baseball games. Nobody is as fearful as CNN would have you believe. And that's good. That's good. But they don't, the people in media, people in politics right now, they don't want you to be, they don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to be living your life. Point number four. This one is uh, a little bit off base. This one's about the Met Gala. 
The Met Gala is simultaneously pathetic and also inspiring. It's an event that celebrates celebrity and wealth. So in that regard, it, it can be gross, especially when we're in a time with inequality with the class. I think we saw that a lot. Gavin Newsom, do you remember that when he went to the French Laundry? It was like right after he signed a bunch of orders in California because he's the governor. Right after he signed a bunch of orders restricting um, everything, basically. And then he was seen at the French Laundry, this really expensive restaurant, maskless. With He was like in a party. So in, in that regard, the Met Gala is pathetic. It's shameless. But I also said it's inspiring because I think that's true. Now, in theory, anyone could be invited to go to the Met Gala. You don't have to be part of some group. You don't have to be born into something to go to the Met Gala. There are plenty of people that are invited to the Met Gala that were not born wealthy, that were not born influential, that, you know, maybe they just had a gift from God that they've been able to utilize in their life. And I think the Met Gala, that, that speaks a lot about where America is at this point. The Met Gala has been a, around for a very long time. And for a very long time, it's been pathetic, but also inspiring. And I think that speaks a lot to America, past, present, and future. We are not a society that values bragging, but at the same time, so many people brag. That's basically an entire industry online, flexing on people that you have a Rolex, you know, the, the Kardashian wealth, the way they exploit their lives for money. That's, that's something everyone says they're against. But if everyone's against it, then how is it popular? And that brings me to point number five, celebrity. The point for this is, the point for the point, is that I think conservatives try and chase celebrity. So let's talk about Nicki Minaj and Rihanna. Now, I'm someone that's very cautious of celebrating celebrities just because they make a political statement. Personally, it seems like any time a celebrity says anything remotely conservative, they're plastered all over Fox News and everybody's saying that it's their awakening. And I'm guilty of it too. I retweet all that stuff because I think it's funny. So maybe I'm a little bit part of the problem. But if you look at it, if you really think about it, it's so easy to get on the good sides of to get on the good side of conservatives. It's a harsh comparison, but conservatives are pretty much simps to any celebrity who says anything about hating a Democrat policy. Think, think of like last year, two years ago, Cardi B, who's probably one of the most vile human beings on earth, talked about she was complaining about not knowing her, where her taxes were. And then you see Ben Shapiro and all these people freaking out, saying how, they're Cardi B fans now. It's pathetic. 
So let me get back to Nicki Minaj and Rihanna. They're famous for their music, but they're also famous because they're sex symbols. Something that conservatives are supposedly against. But as soon as, you know, Nicki Minaj said that she questioned the vaccine, conservatives basically got on their knees. It's pathetic. And I don't know if you saw recently, but Rihanna wore a shirt that said, think while it's still legal. And so that was trending on Twitter and people pretty predictably conservatives went and they freaked out about it. They thought it was the coolest thing ever. They were like, oh, Rihanna's on our side now. No, Rihanna's not on your side. Nicki Minaj is not going to be voting for Donald Trump. Cardi B will not be voting for a Republican. I doubt if they even vote, but it's it's pathetic. It's not even, half the time it's not even a conservative thing a celebrity does and then they get notoriety for it. It's, it's just kind of anything that's counter, counter culture right now that conservatives get so happy about. And it's, it really is. I think I made a good comparison. It really is conservatives just being simps. Now, if you follow me on social media, which you should at Ben T Nichols at B E N T N I C H O L S on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook or whatever, I always retweet, like repost stuff. And I did about these um, these two women, Nicki Minaj and, and uh, not Cardi B, Nicki Minaj and Rihanna when they did their stuff and they made their statements or whatever. So I guess I'm part of the problem, but I don't know. It, it's exciting when you're vilified by everyone in popular culture and then these people just make one statement and I want to melt because I feel like maybe a tide will be turning, but nothing ever really changes when you think about it. So maybe I shouldn't be retweeting that stuff. Maybe I should just be ignoring it. Which this is bringing me to point number six. Point number six, conservatives need to stop chasing. Now, I just talked about being simps for celebrities, but I'm talking about Republicans chasing after the youth chasing after minorities, chasing after women. Now, don't get me wrong. I think as conservatives, Republicans, we should try to entice them. But really, we should be doing work. We shouldn't be saying these things. We should be doing work. You know, actions speak louder than words. It's a cliche, but that's what we should be doing. One of the biggest demographics that vote Republican in the country are married couples of all ages, all races. So why don't conservatives work to make American society a good place for families to grow and prosper? Then you're not chasing voters, you're making voters. Like take a, take a page out of the Democrats books when they ship in um, all, the, all these like refugees that inevitably end up voting Democrat. Why don't we they're creating voters. Why don't we create voters by making society, making American society a good place for families, which will also make American society just good. It would be, a, it's a net good for the country if the economy and everything in America was set up to make it easier for a family, for a young couple to purchase a house, to have a baby, to not go in debt. Stop following the little waves and start making a tidal wave. That sounded exactly like 
one of those inspirational talks, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be true. Now it, it involves a lot more work than making signs that say blank for Republican. You know what I'm talking about? Like women for Republican, black for Republican, gay for Republican, youth for Republican, Gen Z for Republican. That's, that's, that's easy, but it doesn't mean anything. And also it's, it's pretty pathetic. It's pathetic to just be chasing after a person. Think of it, think of it like a, like a relationship. You got to play hard to get. Maybe that's why Democrats are so successful because it's so damn hard to get on their good side. Republicans, I mean, we're like stage five clingers at this point who get ghosted by every person. I feel like that's a majority of what happens. As soon as a, as soon as a celebrity says anything slightly conservative, we trend them on Twitter and they probably get scared off because they're like, who are all these random people? They probably get happy at first that their streams are going up on Spotify if they're Nicki Minaj or Rihanna. But literally just think about it as a relationship. Democrats at this point are the cool guy at the bar that is playing hard to get. And Republicans are the stage five clingers, as I was saying, that's offering to buy any girl that looks in our direction a drink. We're getting ghosted after the first date. We have to be more confident. Are you not... Are you not self-assured in the stuff that you believe in, that you need the validation of a celebrity? Because that's pathetic. And you don't deserve the validation of a celebrity if you seek it that much. It's also, when you think about it, Republicans are always making fun of Democrats for having celebrities. But as soon as we have Caitlyn Jenner saying, Caitlyn Jenner running as a Republican, book Jenner for any Republican event ever, speaking, keynote. We're just jealous exes at this point that can't get anyone new, so we just fixate on the once was. Now, point seven, this is a general point. Everyone needs to start living their life. As I said earlier, COVID's basically over because I think young people just want to live our lives. We, I don't want to be cooped up in my house when I'm in my 20s. But it needs to expand more than just between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. on the weekend. Basically what I'm saying is you have to always live your life and don't take it for granted. Also, we should get off social media. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, whatever. And go do something that you can talk about your family. I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I spend a lot of my time scrolling and it's not good. I was talking to my mom the other day. I call her and she's like, oh, what'd you do today, honey? And I literally sat, I sat in my, I went to work. And other than that, I went to the gym and sat and watched YouTube. That's not something I can talk about. That's, but that's, I feel like that's a majority of people when they get off work before they go into work, it's screen, screen, screen. And I'm probably one of the worst offenders, but I'm thinking about it. 
And would I, would you, would most people rather tell someone they're having a phone conversation with, tell someone they're on a date with, that they went on a hike or sat on their phone this past Saturday? Would you rather say, you know, you read a book and talk about an interesting book? You don't have to do it the entire time, but would you rather say you read a book and talk about some interesting fact, something that you want to talk, that you can actually have a conversation with about a book? Or just say that you got a tweet that had 15 likes on it. Like, ooh, my day was made because some random person on Twitter liked my tweet. And as I was saying, I'm probably one of the guiltiest offenders of this. So this is just as much a reminder for me as it is for anyone at this point. All right. Point number eight. Joe Biden is a joke. Not even a joke. He's a stand-up comedian that flops at everything he says. So this past Saturday, I went to a stand-up show. And the first guy, you know, they have guys that come on at first. And the first guy was so bad. He was so bad, literally no one laughed at anything he said. I'm pretty sure he cut his set off halfway through because he was only up there for three minutes. How I felt and how that audience felt watching him, cringing at it, being displeased, but also feeling sad for him, how, how pathetic it is, that's how Americans feel when we look at Joe Biden. He, he has nothing to say, but he's still talking. Point number nine. China is a huge threat to this country, and we need to address it soon. From prescription, prescription drug manufacturing to its holding on major companies, China is the toughest opponent we've ever faced. And I mean that. More, more so than the USSR, or even Germany from both world wars. I truly believe that. It's getting to that point. Just because we don't have conflict, just because there's no dead bodies yet, there are dead Americans from the opioid crisis, from people that lose their jobs to it being shipped overseas. They, you know, just, it's a huge threat. They have us by the balls. And it's something that we need to talk about. And point number 10, we're here at the end of this. It'll be 10 out of 10 points. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. Now this one I made a little bit, not as timely, but from now on I'm going to make more of a conscious effort to do stuff that's in the, that's in the news more, more timely as I'm saying. This one was more of a, no, it was a test run for me, but it was also a test run for you. This is gonna. This is what I'm going to do. I just want to say once again how excited I am to start this new journey. How excited I am to be able to talk to you guys once a week on Tuesdays. So make sure to subscribe. You know, Give this podcast five stars if you liked it so far. Um, follow me and the show. Everything should be linked in the description. And I really appreciate you letting me talk to you, trusting me with 20 minutes of your life because time's the only thing you don't get more of. Again, that's pretty cheesy. I feel like I said that multiple times. I'm Ben and we just made it through our first 10 out of 10.
Talk to you next episode.